ABC 7 New York. This is Eyewitness News Extra Time. And good evening, everyone. Welcome to this edition of Eyewitness News Extra Time. I'm Bill Ritter. We are following some breaking news. Gun insanity in the Bronx. One person was killed. Five others were hurt in a shooting on a subway platform. Four of the people are in serious condition. It's believed the shooting happened after an argument on the Uptown 4 train and then spilled onto the subway platform. All this in the Mount Eden section. Eyewitness News reporter Darla Miles is live at the scene for us with what she's found out. Darla. Well, Bill, right now I'm taking a look at an NYPD helicopter blasting a big spotlight around this area in a search for the suspect. We were trying to see if we could get a vantage point with our camera to show you how low the NYPD helicopter is hovering. Uh, this has been going on for like the last five or six minutes or so, uh, but it's very, very loud with this NYPD helicopter searching for the suspect. As you mentioned, uh, six people shot, one person died after being transported to St. Barnabas Hospital. Let me show you what the scene looks like right now at the uh, downstairs or the, from the platform at the subway station. A number of NYPD officers, a number of ATF agents. Uh, again, the gun not recovered, suspects at large. Around 4.47 p.m., we do know that an argument on the northbound number four train uh, spilled over onto the platform. We actually have video of that from Newscopter 7 that we can also show you. Uh, again, 4.47 p.m., argument on the train, spills over onto the platform, gunshots ring out, six people shot, both men and women. Right now, we're working to determine if these were innocent bystanders or if all six people were part uh, of this initial dispute. Um, we're hearing from witnesses. They hear, they say they heard a number of gunshots, pow, 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 pow. at least uh, more than a dozen, as you mentioned, uh, Bill. And let me let you listen to what they had to say about it. We heard maybe around 14, 14 shots back to back. <clears throat> and then I guess it was on the train. I didn't hear nothing. I, was, I mean, I didn't see nothing. I was just hearing the shots. I saw two girls that were being carried. Injured? Like, I think she was like 16, 17. And then one lady that was sitting on the, under the train. I think there was a bullet that came out of her jaw, hit her jaw. I thought it was cars like drifting, but then I was like, nah, nah these are shots. They shot, maybe 12. 12 or 13 shots? 13, yeah. Bill, uh, we have this shot for you, the NYPD helicopter circling the surrounding area, Jerome Avenue and Mount Eaton Boulevard, where this 4.47 p.m. shooting took place. Take a look. I want you to see. I'm going to just give it a moment to allow it to pass, and you can see how bright that spotlight yeah. is uh, when it catches the camera. Yeah, it's pretty, uh, pretty bright, Bill. So hopefully that uh, spotlight uh, will be able to find something you know I, I, who knows what they see uh, from that vantage point maybe someone running maybe someone fitting the description of the suspect uh, we have, don't have a suspect description as of yet we are waiting for an NYPD press conference to take place a briefing so they can update us on what is going on uh, Ken Worth is doing a great job showing you how slowly and methodically uh, the chopper is looking for suspects in the surrounding area uh, the NYPD helicopter you know Shannon Stone has been up all day, but the sound and the roar of that helicopter versus our helicopter with the capacity that it has is distinctively different, Bill. Uh, as you can see, it's very difficult to even concentrate, and you hear me because of the uh, helicopter. So I'm on one side of the street, 
The press conference and briefing will take place on that side of the street. The I'm just underneath the number four train where this took place earlier this afternoon. Northbound um, L train, northbound uh, number four train, uh, six people shot. One person has died, sadly, and five people suffering non-life-threatening injuries. Lots going on. Still a little bit chaotic, but that's what we yeah. have for now. Bill, well, back quick, to you. A quick question for you, Dara. That the fact that that, tr that uh, helicopter is up there says they think the guy may still be there, correct? Well, that's typically what happens. Um, you know, everything, the, the NYPD and law enforcement, they kind of operate on like maybe a five to seven block radius. I mean, you have to think about how far the person uh, may have traveled on foot. Yeah. But what is different, I can tell you, is the fact that this happened a couple of hours ago and we're just now seeing the helicopter come out. And, you know, it's- Good point. The sunset about an hour ago. So, you know, they may be working on some new intel. Yeah. Uh, this is an evolving narrative. I can tell you, we've been in touch with the police all afternoon. It's evolving, evolving, evolving. Right. And we're just waiting to find out what's going on. Keep us go. keep us posted, Darla. Uh, and Jim is there, too. He'll keep us posted, I know. Uh, and when this happens, when that news conference ha happens, we will cover it on all of our platforms uh, in, on the web and everything else. And you know, we'll be able to find out what they know, but they're still, they're still investigating, obviously. Darnell Miles, thank you for that, Darnell Miles. Really appreciate it. All right, now we're gonna go to our other big story of the night, uh, a storm coming. A storm like we haven't had in a very long time. The snow combined with high winds has first led to school closures and warning against traveling by car. That happens tomorrow at the height of the morning commute. New York City Department of Sanitation says a full fleet of more than 700 salt spreaders will begin operating First and the first as the first precipitation falls, uh, and Jeff Smith's going to give that information to us. But there are also more than 2,000 departments' collection trucks will be turned into snow plows. Also, New York City, all public schools will move toward remote learning tomorrow. The, the campuses themselves will be closed. And in New Jersey, New Jersey Transit advises that the weather conditions may require temporary service suspensions, and should they occur. New Jersey Transit says it will provide as much advance notice as possible. Governor Murphy advising that if you can stay at home tomorrow, then stay home tomorrow. And more than 150 flights in New York City have been canceled so far ahead of the storm. From New York to New Jersey, we have a team of reporters ready to let you know what you can expect tomorrow. And right here in New York City, we begin with meteorologist Jeff Smith. He's been tracking the storm as it develops and joins us now with the latest. Jeffrey. And Bill, probably our most impactful winter storm that we've had around here in a couple of years. We have a winter storm warning all the way down into the five boroughs of New York City and Long Island and points north and west. Winter weather advisories extend down to Monmouth County. Also, with that high tide tomorrow morning, it's been high because of the new moon. We add an onshore floater that could be a foot or two of inundation in vulnerable spots, causing some moderate coastal flooding in those areas, especially along back bays. But the big story is the snow. Rain late this evening comes in as rain initially. We're so warm right now. That switches over to snow by dawn, quickest north and west, and then getting down to the I-95 corridor in the city uh, by daybreak. The brunt of the storm tomorrow morning, say between 7 a.m. and 11 a.m., with heavy snow and strong wind out there. Could be near whiteout conditions at times during the heart of the morning commute. It tapers off after midday. Again, there's going to be a big range in totals across the area. I'll show you that map in just a minute. You're down into the middle and upper 30s north and west of New York City, 45 in the park itself, but nowhere near freezing. This storm's going to have to manufacture 
manufacture its own cold air, so to speak, as it moves up in our direction with a lot of dynamic cooling occurring in the atmosphere, and that will occur later on tonight. Raindrops coming down around midnight, changing over to snow first north and west, and that rain snow line quickly collapsing toward the coast as we head toward daybreak. And yes, numbers are a little bit above the freezing mark, but we can achieve some accumulating snow even with those temperatures being so mild, courtesy of some really high snowfall rates, which we think will occur tomorrow. Here we go. The trend has been for the colder, snowier solution all the way down to the coast. So we're talking four to eight inches in the five boroughs of New York City, especially Manhattan and the Bronx, north shore of Long Island, and say between I-80 and I-78 New Jersey. North of I-80 and up to about I-84, eight to 12 inches of snow. It's more like eight or nine is going to be a more common number, maybe a localized 12-inch amount. It's less well off to the north where you're farther removed from the storm and a little bit less off to the south as well. We have a, a longer time that you have to wait to change over, two to four inches down through Monmouth County, just a coating to an inch uh, or two over parts of Ocean County, New Jersey, right along the Jersey Shore. So it could range between next to nothing to a foot as you extend across our viewing area. So a big range in totals. We'll get into many more details in your AccuWeather 7-day forecast coming up. Bill Becker. Okay, you. Jeffrey, thank you very much. Yep. For our New York City public school children who haven't had the experience of remote learning, well, tomorrow will be a whole new adventure for them. Our Sonia Rincon speaking to some of the students who have some mixed emotions about it all. Are still in session just differently. It's different enough that kids are calling it a win. They don't have to go out in the snow until it's time to go out and play in it at the end of the remote learning day. I don't really want to go to school tomorrow. It's like a Tuesday and I'm not really a fan of Tuesdays. George is in fourth grade and is an old hand at remote work, but it's been a couple of years. Back then you didn't have to stay the whole school hours, just a little bit and then a break and then a little bit more. But you feel pretty prepared for it, right? Yeah. How do you feel about going remote? I don't know, because I've never been on one before. And so this will be the first time? Yeah. Okay. I don't know how it's going to feel. Did the teacher go over it today in school, how it's supposed to work? Yeah. The city is urging everyone to stay off the roads tomorrow, use mass transit, and let the plows and salt spreaders get where they need to go. While parents tell us remote learning is probably the best option in a snowstorm, many families still need to make arrangements to make sure kids have supervision. Nanny's going to help her. Mom and dad have to go to work. It's also an adjustment for educators. The city says it tried to give everyone as much heads up as possible early this morning, with the storm still changing and evolving. We've spoken with the teachers union. We've spoken with the principals union. Everybody said this is the right call to make. It gives everybody a chance to get out in front and start to get prepared, and we're ready. The school system and anyone who was in it two years ago knows what to do, but there are still students who need to learn remote learning, like kids from migrant families, kindergartners, or anyone new to New York City public schools. In North Riverdale in the Bronx, Sonia Rincon, Channel 7 Eyewitness News. And we thank Sonia. Preparations, preparations also underway across New Jersey, where the northern counties will get the brunt of this snowstorm. Both customers and the stores are apparently ready. New Jersey reporter Tony Yates continues our coverage. We're expecting the most intense range stretch of snowfall to start in the middle of the night and then run into the morning commute, maybe as late as 10 a.m. The latest round of snow preps are well underway. The DPW up in Wanakee, one of those higher elevation towns, bound to get a good amount. Check all the trucks, make sure the plows are functioning, all the salters are full of fuel. 
R&M True Value here in Pompton Lake staying busy. A rush on salt and shovels. I think it's coming tonight and tomorrow for sure. True Value staying open for an extra hour today, closing up at around 6 o'clock just in case you're out of or low on your snow supplies. So we have everything back in stock, snow shovels, ice melt, sleds, <laughs> pet safe ice melt is all in stock. People are getting ready for this one to come in and uh, we'll see what the next 24 hours brings. And private plows. Some like Nicholas Ogden making sure all his gear is ready to meet his customers' needs. What we do before the storm is we check all the um, oil and I make sure all the machines are gassed up. I fire them up uh, a couple hours before, make sure they're working. He and his crew go the extra mile too. When the weather is nasty, they're prepared to help drivers they might come across having trouble. One of the most important things is having a jump pack um, with you. This is great in case the car dies or if you see someone else on the road. Um, you know, having any issues, but I also carry a pair of jumper cables in my truck as well over there, as well as, um, you know, things like starting fluid. As always, how much snow you get will depend on where you are. We did see some parents go into True Value with their children buying sleds. We know what that's all about, hoping for snow day. In Pompton Lakes, Tony Yates, Channel 7 Eyewitness News. And some schools get one tomorrow. An important programming note, by the way, Eyewitness News will go on a half hour early, 4 a.m. tomorrow, so that we can bring you all the information you need about snow totals and road closures and school closures. All this as you head out the door tomorrow morning. Eyewitness News this morning starting at 4 instead of 4.30 to help you out. As we continue out with Eyewitness News Extra Time, we are joined live by the New York City Council member who now wants to ban those detergent pods and wait to hear his reason for doing this. That's next. And new information on those sky-high rental fees and how landlords are now taking advantage of them. Welcome back to Extra Time. Question for you. Could detergent pods soon be illegal in New York City? City Council Member James Gennaro introducing a bill last week that would basically make selling or distributing detergent pods or laundry sheets with polyvinyl alcohol illegal. Polyvinyl alcohol or PVA is a type of plastic and when it dissolves in water, it becomes a microplastic and can pollute waterways. But companies argue the plastics are biodegradable and safe for the environment. So who's telling the truth here? Joining us now uh, with more on this is Councilman James Gennaro and good evening to you, Councilman. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Bill, for having me. Appreciate being here. Good here. Before we begin, are, are you related to the Gennaro's restaurant in the Upper West Side of Manhattan? I'm not, unfortunately. No, oh, I'm not. Because it's a good restaurant. All right, now let's get down to, to sure business. Is. Let's talk about the pods. The kinds of pods you're talking about are both for laundry and for dishwashers, either way? Yes, uh, both kinds of pods, yes. And, and also sheets as well. Okay. There's so, pods and sheets, both, uh, but yes, that's what we're aiming at. Got it. Okay, so the law is called the Pods Are Plastic Bill, and it'd be the first of its kind, as I understand it, in the entire country, correct? Yes, it would. Okay, so where did you get the idea? Why did you get the idea? And if the companies that make this insist that it's not bad for you or the environment, then what do you say to them? Well, we're going to have a robust uh, um, conversation about this. <clears throat> I've been you know, looking into uh, you know, microplastics for a long time. I'm chair of the Committee on Environmental Protection for the City Council. I've been in that role for many years. Uh, and this is a real emerging contaminant that we have to take a look at. 
you know, PVA has some very good applications, but with the dawn of them being used as pods, you have hundreds of millions of pods, uh, you know, being you know, broken down, going through the sewage treatment plants. They don't fully degrade. And what happens is that you have contaminants that bind with the microplastics and that keeps these other contaminants that bind to the PVA more persistent in the environment. And so that really is what we're looking at. Um, that's what the science is pointing at now. We're not done with our scientific um, um, probe of this, uh, but I was ready to put the bill on the table. We don't have a hearing date set yet. We're gonna be talking to stakeholders, talking to the industry, uh, and also talking to the environmental community, and most importantly, the scientific community in which I have deep roots as a scientist. Yeah. And I think this is something that we, that we have to take a look at. Um, and we'll land, I think, in the right place. It'll be a robust discussion um, and, uh, and, and one that will be replicated perhaps throughout the country, which is why we have to get it right on the side. Councilman, these have been there in, on the market, in our kitchens, in our utility rooms where the washing machine is for a long time. Why now long time. are people do, getting involved in it? Well, well now the well now the science has evolved, and there are scientific papers, many of them, uh, which point to the phenomenon of contaminants, other contaminants binding with the PVA residue and making those other contaminants uh, more persistent in the environment. This would be wetlands. This will be our um, coastal waters, um, sediments, um, and this is the concern. Anything that hurts the ecosystem. Um, ultimately hurts people. Uh, um, PVA is benign when it comes to human beings, actually, and has a lot of pharmaceutical uses. Um, but uh, it's only new science that has come forward that has led us to this phenomenon of the PVA yeah. binding with contaminants, making them more persistent in the environment, which is a problem. Okay, the bill you've written, uh, you propose fines with this bill. And if this does get approved by the council, when would it go into effect? Uh, we, the way the bill is written now would give people about two years to come into compliance. So we want to give people a lead time. Um, but, um, you know, we haven't passed the bill yet. Haven't had our first hearing on the bill yet, but it's, it's, it's drawing a lot of attention. And I'm happy about that because we need a very robust discussion about microplastics, not only PVA, but all kinds of others. I'm limited in what I can do because I'm only a local city council member. And we're really focusing just on this application, yeah. not on other uses of PVA. Just on this application seems to be the problematic one. Well, you got our attention at Channel 7 Eyewitness <laughs> News, I'll tell you about it. And you got my attention. And you got I'm our happy about attention. that, Bill. <laughs> good. I'm happy about that. Okay. Uh, James Gennaro, good luck to you, sir. Keep us posted, will you? Thank you so much. Certainly will do, Bill. All right. Thank, Thank you, sir. Have a good much appreciated. Uh, as we continue with Eyewitness News Extra Time, the curfew for the newly arrived migrants that will go into effect at new migrant centers just hours from right now. We'll tell you why the city says it has to happen. Starting tonight, a curfew goes into effect at 20 additional migrant shelters run by New York City. The 11 p.m. to 6 a.m. curfew will impact about 3,600 migrants. Dozens of other shelters already have curfews in place, and the policy could be soon extended to all of them. Now, this follows a series of crimes allegedly involving migrants, including the group assault of a New York cop, two of them, in Times Square. But 
The city says this is not a reaction to all that and is just meant to add more structure to the shelter system. Advocates for migrants, however, say it's another obstacle. The person who's bringing you your food is probably a new arrival uh, and they're going to be stuck uh, dealing with the weather and then they're going to get home and what? They're going to turn them out because um, they, were, they, were, they were there 10 minutes late and no one registered their pass? It, it, it's counterproductive. I think it just brings a little bit more order to, uh, to the, the large populations that, that are currently in our care. Though it's not clear why this handful of shelters was selected for the curfew, it could have to do with the number of people who are staying there, we're told. This group of shelters is mostly made up of small hotels. We'll keep you posted. The sky-high fees to rent an apartment in New York City appear to be driving up prices overall. A new study from StreetEasy says the average renter now pays almost $10,500 in upfront costs. Only one in five renters can actually pay those costs out of pocket, so they're more likely to stay put than move when their lease is up. Landlords know that so they have more power to actually raise the rents because they know their tenants can't afford to move out. As we continue with Irizu's Extra Time, another check on the forecast and the heavy snow that's on the way. Meteorologist Jeff Smith joins us with the timing and the totals and who gets what and when next. Jeff Smith, we have had flooding and lots of rain and everything else. We've had a little bit of snow this year, nothing last time, not last winter. Right. This is going to be a shock to people, right? This really is. We're going to be kind of putting on our kid gloves when we're driving around because it's going to be nasty out there tomorrow morning. I mean, visibility is going to be low and the roads are going to be covered with snow, especially north and west of New York City, where the temperatures are a little bit colder. Not that cold right now. 44 degrees out there. And yes, these temperatures are really going to have to tumble in order to support accumulating snow. And I think that'll happen when the precipitation comes down more heavily, allowing some of that colder air to come down from up above. That'll happen later on tonight into tomorrow. You already do have numbers down close to the freezing mark up toward Poughkeepsie. Already a little bit of rain breaking out over the southern half of New Jersey right now. That'll expand to the north and east and blossom overnight tonight. Between 10 and midnight, we get our first raindrops in New York City. But watch what happens right off the bat. This starts changing over to snow areas north and west. Even into the city, we can get flakes mixing in with the rain around 4 o'clock in the morning. And then we've switched over to complete snowfall by daybreak in New York City. Maybe you're still raining down over southern parts of the Jersey Shore, but even there you go over to snow by nine o'clock in the morning. The trend has been for a colder and snowier solution all the way down to the coast because the storm's traveling a little bit farther offshore than what we were previously forecasting. So that does have ramifications in terms of the snowfall forecast. Uh, by noontime, heaviest snow shifting east of New York City, we start to wind things down into the early part of the afternoon. So because of that trend I was mentioning, four to eight inches of snow likely across much of the five boroughs of New York City, especially Manhattan and the Bronx and northern parts of Queens. That extends onto the north shore of Long Island as well and basically into parts of New Jersey from Newark back towards Somerville, back toward northern parts of Hunterdon County. It's a little bit less off to the south where you change over later two to four inches down over parts of the Jersey Shore down to about I-195. The, the biggest total is probably just north and west of New York City in the I-287 corridor, northern New Jersey into Rockland and Westchester into Fairfield County, Connecticut. Eight inches 
inches to as much as a foot. If you head too far to the north, though, you get out of the best moisture in the storm and you have less snow, maybe two to four or four to eight inches, depending on where you are in parts of the Poconos and Catskills. And the wind will be no slouch, gusting up to 40 miles per hour. Could make for near whiteout conditions during the height of the storm tomorrow morning. So rain arriving late this evening, a wintry mix north and west, and then changing over to snow everywhere toward dawn. That snow tapering off and ending around midday tomorrow. Still some rain early south and east, but that quickly goes over to snow. Windy out there, mainly clear and breezy tomorrow night. So it's really centered on the morning commute. Terrible timing. So don't go to work if you don't have to. Work remotely if you can. Brisk and chilly on Wednesday, 36 for a high. That's it, 40 on Thursday. Could be a rain or snow shower late. Maybe a couple of snow showers coming into the picture on Saturday. We have new computer guidance coming in every hour, and Lee Goldberg will have an important update with maybe some adjustments coming up on Eyewitness News at 11 o'clock. We'll send it back over to you. Adjustments meaning won't no snow? Definitely, definitely going to snow. <laughs> yeah, there you go. But there could be some amounts. Of okay. Yep. Thank you, Jeff. That wraps up this edition of Eyewitness News Extra Time. Thank you for watching. I'm Bill Ritter. We're back on Eyewitness News at 11 o'clock on WABC-TV. Hope to see you then. Until then, have a great evening and stay safe out there.